whatever shadow may fall on your life. Maybe you are worried about the fate of your country, or perhaps dark thoughts visit you concerning your own future, or maybe your entire life seems an unbearable wound. Remember the fairy tale. Listen to her quiet, ancient, wise voice. From an essay on the spiritual meaning of fairy tales by Ivan Ilyin. Beyond the thrice nine lands, not that far from a certain kingdom, there was a certain land. A land where firebirds perch in golden apple trees, where wolves speak with the voices of sages, and the best that a prince can do sometimes is to sit on a log and weep. Welcome to In a Certain Land, a podcast where I tell Slavic fairy tales and epic poems. So pull up a chair or a log in the middle of the forest, and let's listen together to the story's quiet, ancient, wise voice in our hearts. You never know what treasures you might find there. In a certain kingdom, in a certain land, there lived a peasant. Now, this peasant, he had three sons. The first two, my, these were some fine fellows. Good-looking, strong, always knew what to do in the fields, excellent workers. Nobody could ever complain about them, and they were the pride and joy of their father. Then there was the third, Ivan. Now, he was a bit of an idiot, poor guy. He liked to sit on the ledge of the big stove in the central room of the hut, He'd like to lie there, and he'd like to lie there, and he'd like to do nothing else except lie there. Now, this peasant had a bit of a problem. This year was one of the best years he had ever had in terms of the size and the yield of his wheat. This wheat was incredible. It was tall, it was thick, it was juicy. You could almost just grab it and eat it raw. It was that good. And he was really, really excited and waited for the day when they could pick it all up and sell it at market and become very rich for this winter. Problem was, suddenly, during the nights, someone started to come in and started to trample it in big, large chunks. And it wasn't as if somebody was coming and stealing it. They were just trampling it. And here and there, it looked like somebody was chomping off bits of it. But it was just terrible, ruinous carnage. What was going on? So, of course... The father relied upon his eldest. This was his best-looking, strongest son. And he said, My dear son, I leave this to you, to your capable hands. Please go and find me this thief. Bring him to me. I want him punished. So the eldest son went. He went outside. He took a little food with him. But it was cold. It was unpleasant cold. So he went into the granary, got on top of a hayloft, and fell asleep. He had a great night's sleep. He hadn't had a sleep like that in ages. In the morning, he came into his father's room and said, Father, I stayed awake all morning, and I didn't see a single thing. Amazing. And in spite of that, half of the field was trampled. So the father turned to the second son and said, Now it is in your hands, my dear boy. Please, find me this thief. Bring him to me. He must be punished. 
middle son went, noticed that there was a path going directly to the granary and thought, what a good idea. I haven't had a proper night's sleep in ages. He went up there, fell asleep, and slept the whole night through. He came in the morning and told his father, I saw nothing. I stayed awake all night and still nothing. And another chunk of the field was trampled. So finally, the father turns to his third, who was lying on the shelf of the stove with a bit of drool coming out of the corner of his mouth. And he said, Ivanushka, I have no one else. Would you please do me a favor? Get off your butt and go and find that thief. Ivanushka stretched, chewed the back, scratched the back of his head and said, eh, if you insist, got up took a really big pie of the most delicious make, went out to the field, sat on the most uncomfortable stone he could find, and started to chomp. His eyes started to close, and he grabbed a big piece of pie, shoved it in his mouth. It was thick, and just to chew it, it was hard. So, stayed awake. He stayed awake, and suddenly, in the middle of the night, it was as if the field was in the middle of the day. A huge amount of light, and suddenly, right in the middle of it, a horse, gorgeous, huge, with a dappled coat of silver and gold mixed together. Its mane was like a storm, and out of its ears came out steam, and out of its nostrils, fire flared out. This horse was jumping around, with just the joy of being, the joy of existence, stomping here and there and chomping a little bit here and there. Vanushka crept up quietly, grabbed a rope, threw it over the head and held on for dear life. Now that horse, it was not a normal horse. You've probably already guessed that. So it starts to jump up and down, up and down. It almost flies up into the air. Ivanushka holds on. At one point, he actually loses the rope. And what does he do? He grabs the tail and holds on backwards, up and down, up and down. And he will not let go. Finally, the horse lands and says, Ivanushka, you've got me. I can't escape from you. Tell me what you want and I will give it to you. Only please let me go. Ivanushka scratched his very beardless chin. He looked at the horse and said, eh, I'll let you go, but you have to promise never to do it again. And also, if I ever need you, how will I find you? And the horse said, simple. All you have to do is go out into a wide field, scream like a warrior, big, nice warrior scream, and say the following words. Chestnut roan, wise ancient steed, stand before my face like the forest before grass, and I will be right in front of you. Ivanushka thanked the horse. The horse flew off, and Ivanushka went home. His father asked him, well, what happened? And he explained, well, I found the culprit. It was a horse. I stopped it, and I made it promise never to do it again. The brothers looked at him, and they broke into laughter. What an idiot, they said. And yet... From that time forward, there was no more stamping of any grain. A little bit of time passed, and suddenly, an official sexton from the king comes by the village, and he says to everyone, The king has announced a great event. His daughter, the princess, she is to be wed, and not just to anyone, and not just to any prince, but to anyone who is brave enough to catch her. She is sitting in the top of a wide tall tower. If someone can jump on his horse all the way to the window and take off the bright ring off her finger, he shall have her as his bride. The two brothers thought, well, 
Might as well go and see what this is all about. Ivanushka comes up to him and says, Brothers, will you give me a horse? Just some old mule, anything. I just want to come and see. They look at him. They spit at him and they said, Ivanushka, this is a place for real men. You stay here and don't bother us. And they went. Now Ivanushka, as usual, lay down on the top of the shelf and proceeded to do what he usually does. But something nagged at him. And so he turned to his sisters-in-law and he said, Sisters-in-law, I want to gather mushrooms. I'm hungry. Can you please give me some baskets? Now, these sisters-in-law didn't think much more highly of him than their husbands did, but they gave him a basket. What evil can he do with a basket after all? And they sent him on his way. Now, he went into a wide field, and he did as the horse commanded. Chestnut grown, he said. Wise, ancient steed, stand before my face like the forest before grass. And suddenly, right in front of him, the horse was there. How can I serve you, Ivanushka? He said, I want to see the princess, and I want to see her now. The horse looked at him and he said, well, if you do, climb into my right ear and climb out my left. Ivanushka did so. And as he comes out, what a fine-looking prince he became. He transformed into such a gorgeous young man that you could hardly describe it in words. You could only imagine it in tales. He sat on the horse and he rode like the wind to where the princess sat in her high tower. There was a ton of people there, all of them looking up, staring at the princess, pointing quite rudely, and yet no one would dare to try. It was quite high. Nobody wanted to break their neck. So Ivanushka looks at it, slaps the horse as hard as he can, and the horse neighs and flies up only three logs under the princess's window. He lands, turns the horse around. Everybody goes, stop him, stop him. He rushes off, all the while making sure to ride right past his brothers, and smacking them with his whip. He returned, let the horse go, grabbed a bunch of poisonous red cap mushrooms, put him into a basket, came home and said, look, sisters, I brought us dinner. They looked at it, they smacked him on the head, and they said, you can eat that. We're not touching it. So he went back onto his stove and sat and waited. And the brothers came and they said, there was this incredible young man. He looked like a prince. He was just gorgeous. And he got so close to the princess, you wouldn't even imagine. And Ivanushka's lying there and he goes, Brothers, wasn't that me? They looked at him and said, Shut up, idiot. Of course it wasn't you. You were there the whole time. Next day, the same thing happened. The brothers went. They refused to let Ivanushka come. So again, he asked for mushrooms. He went out to the field and he called the steed. He crawled into its right ear and crawled out of its left and turned into a beautiful prince. Sat on a horse and they rode. They rode like the wind. And this time, he jumped up so high that he was only two logs away from the window. And everybody once again said, stop him, stop him, stop that beautiful young man. And he rode off and made sure to ride right by his brothers and smack them with his whip. Came home, grabbed a bunch of red cap mushrooms, came home to his sisters, and the same scene repeated. There he goes, back to his shelf, lying there, giggling a little bit more than usual. And the brothers come back and they say, the man was there again. He was incredible. Nobody could stop him. It was amazing. Who is he? Ivanushka asks them, brothers, wasn't that me? Shut up, idiot. It wasn't you. You were there. Stop bothering us. The third day came. This time, Ivanushka crawled into the right ear of the horse and out the left and rode like the wind. And this time, he took the whip and he slapped the horse. 
and the horse flew with fire coming out of its nostrils all the way up to the window. And it hung there like a cloud and Ivanushka took the ring from off the princess's finger and he even stole a kiss. He landed and rode off. Stop him! Stop him! He got the ring! Stop him, they said. And they couldn't. He was too fast. But of course, he made sure to ride by his brothers and smack them a third time with his whip. This time when he came home, he couldn't stop himself. In the evening when everybody was sitting around the hearth, having the little private conversations, he uncovered the ring. He looked at it and suddenly the entire hut was filled with light like the sun. Quickly he covered it again. His brothers turned to him and say, why are you playing with fire, you idiot? We're all going to burn. Stop playing with fire. And Ivanushka said nothing. A few days later, there was another summons from the king. This time around, the king was quite categorical. He said everyone, and I mean everyone, is invited to a wedding feast. Yes, it was a wedding feast without a groom. But never mind that part. Everybody must be there. And if you're not there, your head is coming off your shoulders. So this time, they had no choice. They had to take Ivanushka with them. There he goes, covered in rags, unwashed, spit coming out of his mouth. He was a sight to behold. And he sat at the absolute last possible seat that he could in the prince's palace. In the middle of this feast, everybody's having a wonderful time. The food is amazing. The drink is incredible. The brothers have never had anything like this. Their wives are just going crazy from the quality of the soup. And then the princess begins to walk around the tables, giving everybody to drink from a special urn of wine. She's the one walking around to every single person and pouring wine for everyone. She even approaches Ivanushka. Now, Ivanushka had the ring wrapped up in one of the ugliest, dirtiest rags he could find. Princess comes up, sees him, and what does she do? She asks him, young man, what is it that you have under that rag? I would like to see it. Please uncover it. So he did. She's the princess. What are you going to do? He uncovers it, and the entire hall fills with an unearthly light. The princess looks at him, takes him by the hand, drags him to her father, and says, this is my husband. The king looks at him. His eyes go a little bit wide. What are you going to do? He made the rules. So they took him in a back room. They washed him. They brushed him. They put on a new set of clothes. And suddenly, look, it was the beautiful young man who had arrived on that horse and who had kissed the princess. It was him right in front of them. They couldn't see it because he was so dirty, because he was so ugly, and because he was so stinky. But it was him. And so the two of them were married. And I was there at the wedding feast. I drank a lot of mead. Unfortunately, most of it went down my mustache and hardly any of it went into my mouth. But it was still quite lovely. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the exciting and dangerous world of Slavic fairy tales, check out the Raven's Sun epic fantasy series, which is inspired by these stories, available wherever books are sold in ebook, paperback, and audiobook formats. If you love these fairy tales, and if you'd like to hear more than these once a month public podcasts, consider becoming a patron of this podcast. You'll have access to more stories, 
exclusive live storytelling events, and other surprise gifts. Your contribution will go a long way towards supporting the team that makes this podcast possible, and you will have a chance to join a wonderful, warm, and welcoming community of story lovers. They are a constant inspiration to me and a joy to serve. Visit patreon.com slash nicholaskotar to join. This show is edited, and its beautiful music is originally composed by Natalie Wilson at nwcomposing.com. Thank you, Natalie, for your beautiful work. And don't forget to share the podcast with friends, and do leave a review if you can. It helps more people find these stories. Thank you so much. And I hope to meet you in a certain land next time. <laughs>